Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. I would say you should kick us off, but according to our <laughs> welcome to the the sponsorless podcast. <laughs> well, well, we still have a sponsor. It's just uh, he's on the backside. He, he's on the yeah. back nine, where he belongs. Let <laughs> let's just be real. He's we've refused to give him the uh, the top billing sponsor. We're like, no, no, look, you you got to stick around. If anyone sticks around that far in the podcast. There's something wrong with you. We don't trust you anymore. <laughs> they'll, they'll get your commercial then, but if they don't stick around, we're not plugging you any sooner than that. We're not actually recording right now, are we? Oh, yeah, totally we are. Oh, man. What, are you afraid you're going to lose him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. You know, I was just thinking about this this morning. I love toast. And... <laughs> I kind of want to know. Smack talks hit an all all time low now. Okay, what continue. absolute genius took a bite of bread and was like, "Cook it again." I mean, that's unreal. Yeah, especially when you know that. I I think it was stale bread. I don't. I I mean, I've lived in Europe, and bread and cheese are is incredible, and bread, cheese, and beer. Like the Germans got it right. Like that whole Oktoberfest thing, they just break out all their best stuff. They're like, "Hey, let's just make a holiday around this." But the reality is that fresh bread, man, you cannot improve on it. In Europe, you actually have to be careful eating fresh bread that day too early in the day. Like you have to eat the, the bread that was baked the day before. You have to wait till the afternoon Is because the, the yeast? yeast is still active in the bread and you'll get a total stomach ache. That's how fresh your bread is when you go there. I, I honestly can't relate to that. So you don't improve like you you actually kind of ruin your bread if you make toast out of it there. You're there like, are oh, so I many jokes that my mind is racing to right now that have to do with yeast and it still being an active ingredient. And I can't say a single one of them on this podcast. They sound gross. <laughs> el grosso. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Muy, dra muy dragon is el grosso. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually means big. I think that was bad. Oh, wait a just, second. That sounds even worse. Let's move on. Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, oopsie. Yeah. Hey, welcome. We will talk church planning. This is a little thing we call smack talk because we talk smack. And we getting our smack on right now. I mean, it's it's really getting our smack on right now. Yeah. Smack that smack talk. Smack it. Smack it. That face you just made was hilarious. It was like a little mouse. You're like, oh. 
So what's been going on in the world of Pete Mitchell? That sounds like a like a children's afternoon special. The world of Pete Mitchell. You There's know, like bunnies uh, in it. I, it's funny you should ask because I was thinking about this this morning and I was like, well, I can't really talk about this on the podcast because Peyton always gets upset when I talk about it. <laughs> but the only thing I'm going to say is <laughs> I have got a huge bruise right here on my shoulder. I saw that. You had grandpa's gun. I had on grandpa's the you can 32 talk about it. That's- Winchester special and I knew it was going to hurt. So yesterday it was a huge welt. <laughs> it was red. And today it's all brown and yellow. And I'm like, man. Hey, guys, guys, I got to say, this is as sentimental as Pete Mitchell gets. I took grandpa's gun to the, to the, to the, to the range yesterday. I'm not going to say it hurt emotionally, but I will say I have a bruise on my chest. <laughs> oh, my as- gosh, dude. It was like. You know, here's the thing. My grandpa always wanted me to have his guns because he was a cowboy. I mean, literal cowboy. That's that's what oh, that's he was. Rad, dude. I didn't know that. Was he ginger? No, that wasn't oh. from that side of the family. All right, all right. And uh, and so I've had them, but I've actually never fired it. It's actually really hard to find ammo for that particular gun. And thanks to California's new laws, I can't buy it online and have it shipped to me. I got to buy it online and have it shipped to a, a dealer. And then they want to charge their fees. And it just ends up making it so expensive that it's not worth it. So last weekend, I was like, hey, gun show's in town. Woo, woo. And I'm like, that's it. I'm going to the gun show. And I knew someone there would have the ammo. Because a lot of like older generations, shall we say, they go to the gun show. And so people stock up on everything. Like they bring the old ammo all that stuff. And so I was able to get some some rounds for it. And then I get back home and I'm looking at the ammo and it's bear and deer ammo. So this thing is like loaded. I mean, it's it's no wonder my shoulders all black and blue. That's funny. Cuz it yeah. Hey, 22 years of marriage this uh this week. What? Yeah, I haven't baby. known you that long. Dude, 20 20- <laughs> It's only been six years for you and oh, I. Oh, okay. All right. Our marriage. But uh, actually, we met eight years ago. I met you when I was writing Church Zero. Cha-ching. And, See what I did? And wasn't that a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, 22 years, the wife and I left the kids with fun Uncle Lee and uh, went over, hopped over for a couple days to Catalina. And everybody's oh, nice. been asking me. I've I've never really truly seen that movie Step Brothers. Um, oh, really? Yeah, like I saw the the TV version where all it was all cleaned up. So everybody's always asking me, like, oh. But, so everybody's been asking me, did you go to the Catalina wine mixer? And I I didn't know what they're talking about, but there is. I think I did discover it. The hotel we stay at there, it has like a wine mixer every day from four thirty to five thirty. And I think that's the Catalina wine mixer because it's right there on the front, kind of by the pier. And uh, it was funny, dude. So, uh, but yeah, it's like all you can eat cheese and wine, the things I can't have. Why can't you have cheese and wine? They upset my tummy. Do they really? Yeah, I get a tummy ache. You know, you learn something new about someone you really don't care about every day. (laughs) Oh, did I say that out loud? Yeah. Yeah, but it it was good, man. I had a very romantical time with the missus. Managed awesome. to do almost everything you could do. I I got kicked out of, of the Wrigley the Wrigley Mansion. What's and, a Wrigley uh, Mansion? Is that like Wrigley's spearmint gum people? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that guy bought the island years ago. Oh, no kidding! I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. So like, no kidding. In your hotel, they leave packs of gum on your pillow every night. That's kind of funny. Yeah, but uh, but I got kicked out. Uh, I, I tried to sneak into the, into the, I actually called him up and said, Hey, I don't have a reservation for the, for the lunch up at the Wrigley mansion up on the hill. But, uh, could I come in anyways? Um, we rode our bikes up, dude. And it's like a track riding your bike up that mountain. It ain't easy. I got the top and French guy came out and tried to act all fancy. I said, Hey dude, I lived in Europe. You don't have to act like that. You know, I'm not impressed by you. And did you uh, say that? Like, I did. You I really did. I was like, Andrew is like, why'd you them? fight with that dude? And I said, because he was he was kind of being a jerk. You know, I was being cool. I was like, come on. He's like, no, no, no. I cannot let you in. And I said, yeah, you can. I just called up. And they said I could come in for five minutes. I have to pay five dollars. 
He's like, no, 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 we cannot let everyone in. You know, if we do that, it would be, you know, it was, he was basically talking to us like we were riffraff. And that pushes my buttons. Snobbery pushes my but, buttons. I mean, you know, but to be fair, you are yeah. kind of riffraff. Well, I mean, look at me, right? I mean, I mean, he had a point. Henry goes, why? I go, I could tell from the moment we met him, I wasn't getting in. It was, it was him. You know, it, it, was a, it was a him issue. He had the power. The people at the front desk were cool. They said, yeah. But uh, but he was cool. And I, I just kept kind of punking him like, yeah, you can let me in if you want. Let's be honest. You could. And he's like, well, who told you at the front desk? And so anyways, I wanted to say something very inappropriate. Which you should have said Martha. I, Martha told me I could. Who's Martha? You know, you know <laughs> Martha. Just like made a whole big deal out about someone you just made up. I totally wanted to make an inappropriate comment. And uh, Andrew's like, no, I'm so glad you did it. I, I wanted to make a World War II comment, but it, it, it would have been like when Paul, you know, bursted out with the, you know, God will strike you, you whitewashed tomb. And you wanted to make a comment like what I make on the podcast all the time. I did. And I, I, I restrained myself, That's even so though funny. it would have made for a great podcast story. It was like the time when I was in Bahamas and Andrew said, you know, I thought we were getting close to that, like Bahamas thing, you know, where like. Andrew was accused of knocking a curio over in a shop. The, wi- the the doors are open. The wind blew this curio over, and the lady accused Andrew. Oh, yeah. And we I said, hey, we story. didn't break that. Yeah, yeah, it was like the Baptist paid for me to go on this cruise. And uh, remember that? The Deck Dynasty people were there, but not the cool ones. Yeah. Like all the all the secondary. It was kind of a little bit of bait and switch. I didn't care. I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> it was bait and people. switch. Who uses, hey, the Duck Dynasty people are going to be on this cruise ship to get you to go. Man, Mountain Man wasn't even on there. <laughs> Mountain Man has to have a real job. He doesn't get paid to go on that. Well, dude, it, it was so funny, though. They actually slowed him down. I know we talked about Does, that Is before. that show still on? Because I, I, I don't, don't know. I'm not a fan. I do think that dude can preach a gospel. That I did hear. I heard him preach a gospel once. But but other than that, I, I, I laughingly say it was bait and switch because literally it was free. I didn't have to pay anything to go on this thing. So anyways, but by, by, for those of you who don't know the story, they were calling the police and she goes, I've called the police. I start, I run out of the shop and I turn around and go to Andrea, run. <laughs> it was a little bit of my old days, you know, and uh, Andrea's standing there like she was raising a Christian home. She's thinking, I don't know what you're doing right now. And I fully take off to run. And uh, she thought that was, yeah, that's awesome, man. She she thought, you know, because I was like, oh, we can lose it. He was big, too. He was coming. He was a big dude. I'm like, I can outrun him. And the guy thought it was funny. Like the security guard, you know, he 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 just realized you're a knucklehead. You just tried to run from me. That's awesome. So it was funny. I, I wasn't scared at all. I just, yeah, I was like, whatever. So she she thought we were going to have a second second incident on a Catalina Island. That's awesome. I've been to Catalina a couple of times. Unfortunately, uh, they were employee appreciation days. Really? For a company I worked for. That's a nice way to appreciate. You know, well, for our it, listeners, it is we want to offer you listener appreciation. We're going to give you a free all-expense-paid trip to Catalina Island just for being listeners. All you need to do is go over to my Patreon page and sign up. All you need to do is uh, pay a small little shipping and handling fee of, wait, let me figure out how much it's going to cost us to send you to Catalina plus our uh, appropriate tip. And that's the shipping and handling fee. That's right. Hey, so I do have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash club ninja. If you've been reading my books, listening to the podcast, Pete doesn't get anything for this, but if you've been doing anything regarding reading my blogs yada 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 you're blessed by it you're enjoying it head on over to patreon.com forward slash club ninja and you will get some special exclusives just for supporting me and my creative ventures going forward awesome man hey and for the first tier level pete this involves you Hmm. for the first tier level i will give you a starbucks gift card as a thank you for being the first one it just launched the first one to sign up at each tier level. Is it? Is it like a tier? My first tier level? No, it's like if you sign up for twenty five, like at the fifty dollar level, you're in my writing, um, my writing group. So you get to be a is part. Is that like a monthly? Yeah, monthly. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah. So, you know, you, you join my monthly uh, Inklings group. You get How to see all my stuff. I'll read your stuff. New Breed. Oh, so this, this – okay. So New Breed is the church planning network. You join that. You get my training, right? Every training that I produce, it's all in there. But um, it, you also get – you know, you get all the coaching, whatever. But these levels are specifically unique to various creative ventures. So, like I said, there's a writing tier. Um, there's a, I'll send you a video once a month. I'll say, you know, all these different tiers have different levels and they're exclusive to people that support me in the creative ventures. So I'll send you something. There's even coaching at a high enough level. You just get coaching from me every month. What? What? So that's patreon.com forward slash club ninja. And if you do want to join my network, that's newbreednetwork.org. Uh, any other websites you want to give out to people, <laughs> hoping that while they're driving their car, they're feverishly writing these down so they can look them up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because uh, now that we don't have the sponsor, I guess I'm it. Brought to you by Peyton Jones. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So what What else is new? Anything new happening in your life? Nothing new for me, man. I'm 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 good. I mean, I celebrated the wife of my youth. She's awesome, dude. I I just I thank God for that woman. Uh, she's put up with me all these years. Um, she's just awesome, dude. I feel like I feel like Andrea gets better with time. And, yeah, uh, she's like a fine much, wine. Uh, all of it us hurts my tummy. All of us pretty much thank God for her. <laughs> she keeps you kind of under control. Yeah, dude, I remember, you know, it's funny when my dad died, this, no joke, this is quite morbid, but when my dad died, um, he was living on his own. He had, he'd become an Anglican priest, um, converted late in life and, uh, he was living on his own and he was not doing well. We showed up to his apartment. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget one of the other priests was there and he'd given us keys to the apartment and he looks at me and my brother, both married. We're both standing there with those wives and he goes, I'm glad to see you're married. He goes, otherwise... I wouldn't want to see you guys end up like your dad because he was a wreck, man, with without a wife, like towards the end. Really? And yeah, dude. So I always think to myself, I'd be way worse if I didn't have my wife. Way worse. Huh. Like, what would you be like? Like, would you be like a hobo? Would we find you on the street without no? Me? You uh, first of all would not be in California. <laughs> like, let's <laughs> first things first. You would not see me in this state anywhere. I would probably be Texas. <laughs> You'd be in Texas. No, I don't know oh, that that's I'd be hot. In te- well, I don't mind Oregon? the heat when you have the the freedoms that you don't enjoy in California. Oregon. I'm guessing okay. No. Pin the tail on the state. Oregon is 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 uh mini me to California, so I'm not <laughs> a I'm not a big Oregon fan. Though I think Oregon is absolutely beautiful. Like I'm when I went to go visit my buddy up there in Club Fed, I was like, "Wow, this place is gorgeous." Like Club Fed. Club Fed, baby. A little white-collar Club Fed. Washington. Now, that's getting colder for you. See, Washington, weather-wise, is where I belong. Washington, yeah. political-wise, no. Not not yeah. good. Not good for yeah, me at I all. Yeah, I got you. Um, because of taxes, I'd probably need to look to a state that has no state tax because I get killed in state taxes. Like Even mm. though I got that huge rebate that we talked about, or refund that we talked about on last week's podcast. That was from the feds. I still got to pay thousands upon thousands to the state of California. Oh man. So I get, I get no break. So you're going to pay them to take your freedom away. That's awesome. I know. Here, right? Let me fund that. We were talking about this in uh, the detailer inner circle that I do with Jimbo Balaam. <laughs> and we were talking about some ticket I got and I'm like, and Jimbo makes some comment cause he knows how I am. He makes some comment. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, both the judge and the cop both get paid from my tax dollars, and now they're trying to see how much more of my money they can get by this trumped-up charge. They just, you know, I was speeding. Oh, oh dude, oh, it was. Man. I went off. It was so funny. That's funny. Did you get a speeding ticket? Not, not recently. No. Oh, okay. No, I haven't right. had one in years, like six or seven years. I don't go anywhere. That's the reason why. I literally don't go anywhere. I, do you remember that time? It was uh, it was after you and I met. I was coming out of the high desert in Oregon. I, I might have been in California. I think it was in California where it drops out of high desert. I was coming down the I-5 south, and I was doing 95 on the interstate coming out, and like on a desert, like nobody else out there. 
and I passed a state trooper. I passed him so fast I couldn't see till right as I passed him. He was a state trooper. He did not. He, oh, I swear no. to you, he did a handbrake turn, dude. Handbrake turn, U-turn, in the middle of the interstate, and whirr, came after me, and uh, we had a chuckle. We laughed. <laughs> did you laugh? <laughs> Were you like totally cool? He with the didn't guy? think it was humorous. He was like, "Yeah, it was Memorial Day." He's like, "Yeah, you picked a bad day to be speeding," and I had just been coming down like a massive decline, dropping out of high desert, and I was like, "Yeah, I might have taken my eyes off of it because it's gorgeous at that part." I might have taken uh, my eyes off. Me, I'm like looking at it, going, "Woo!" <laughs> Pedal to the metal, baby. Dude, every once in a while, I switch my digital display from miles per hour to kilometers per hour just so I can really <laughs> uh, see the sir, numbers up high. I, I did just move back from Europe. I was thinking kilometers, <laughs> which makes it worse. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. No, I've that, that, uh, that charge that I got in March of 2017, I've got 16,000 miles on it. I just don't go anywhere. Dude. I, I love that. I love that, man. You know, I, I bought my truck with 12,000 miles on it. Or no, it was less than that. I think it was 8,000 wow. miles. And uh, yeah, it was 8,000 miles. And um, there was like nothing on it. And then Refuge Long Beach killed that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Back and forth from yeah. your house to there. Yeah, a couple couple times a week. But uh, but anyways, hey, um, so let's let's talk about uh, today's topic, Pete. What is today's topic? Are we ready to get into today's topic? We are. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> every week, you have to know this, every week, Pete pantomimes Nacho Libre. What's funny is I don't like that movie. Like, you and what? Charlie are like, this is the greatest movie ever. I'm like, oh. it's got to be a pastor thing because I, I think it's stupid. I know the topic's starting, but I saw the greatest meme. It was from the Infinity Wars. It was uh, the man who can truly save the oh, day. yeah. And it shows Nacho Libre doing a total stage dive, On coming Thanos. up behind uh, whatever his name is, Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. No, I don't know. You, you Right before the call, you go, what should we talk about? I don't have anything for today. <laughs> it didn't. And I'm like, we should talk about how pastors need to have reoccurring income. <laughs> Well, this sounds like it's going to be great. No, I, I well, you asked what my opinion is, and and that's yeah. I was thinking about this for a lot of different reasons because of stuff that's going on in my business and directions that that I'm taking things. And it was funny because um, something you said two podcasts ago like really spoke to me, and so it's been there in the back of my mind because part of my struggle has always been okay. You know, what should I be doing, God? What is it that you want me to do? I'm not uh, pastor material. I think I think anyone who's listening, even just I think to, we've established that for the last six years. Even Let just the, the first show. half of this podcast, they go, yeah, <laughs> he's he's not pastor material. That's, that's and, let, and let's be honest. I was more until I, you know, got eventually corrupted by you. I, I tell you, it, <laughs> one of my prayers has always been, God, please don't let me ruin Peyton. Please don't let me ruin Peyton. <laughs> I think I was already pretty foul before we met, but you know. So, so, but anyway, you were talking about some gal, and oh yeah, her her job was to equip. I don't remember. Right. She was like the guitar player. What was that story? Yeah, so she she was pretty amazing. Um, she represented Tel Asia, um, which is T E L L, like Tel Asia. She went over there as a missionary. She showed a, a photograph of her playing guitar in a little village. And it was really cute and it was quaint and it was old school mission. And she goes, you could see that's not really going to go very far, right? Like white girl playing guitar in an Indian village. That's how it went at first with me on mission. And she goes, then I had a revelation. I realized what Paul was doing was he was equipping and empowering others and turning them loose. And so today... Um, thousands of churches planted because she's been pouring in to those that are called to do this. And she's a woman. I mean, it, it, it was pretty radical, you know, like, but she understood God has called me to do this. Yeah. Yeah. The line that you used was, you know, my job is to equip. Right. And 
<coughs> it struck me in that moment. I was like, okay, maybe that's what my job is. My job is just to equip the pastors. And the way that I equip pastors, as you know, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, is by helping them create an income outside of their church. And um, and there's lots of different ways to do that. I mean, we've talked about it here on the podcast. I mean, I've connected with uh, church planners and pastors. Um, one guy, I think he's got a really cool business. He does car interior repairs. So, you know, like when you, uh, he doesn't primarily for dealers. So someone buys a used car and there's a little rip in it, maybe a cigarette burn, who knows, whatever. And he goes and repairs it. And it's very, very lucrative uh, because it's very not time intensive. Right. And, you know, maybe he gets, I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but let's just say it's a hundred bucks a car. That's just. I mean, you know, for a few minutes worth of work. And so he's doing it from dealers. So he's doing like, you know, five to 10 at a time. Wow. How, how long would he be on a lot detailing cars? Like it's if he job. had five to 10. It's his job. It's what he does. No, but I mean, like how, like, let's say an average day for him. Like, like I don't he remember. Goes, yeah. I'd, I'd have to talk to him again. I, I honestly don't remember. I remember him basically saying, hey, you know, this is what I, I do for a living. Um, it's very easy to get up to an eight to $10,000 a month income doing this. And it's not like it's hard work. It's not like it's very time intensive. Biggest- See, that, that's crazy, dude, because like when you're a professional, you don't, you know, you can make that kind of money easy, you know, I suppose. But the idea that someone who's not been to school, not, you know, this is like what you would consider a blue collar job. Oh yeah. And I mean, that's just raking in. Well, and the biggest thing is, is that, so I was talking to him, I go, tell me about the competition. He's like, well, of course there's competition. There's competition in everything. Oh, yeah. And he goes, the the difference is, is, you know, you've got to be the one that's always there on time. You're professional. And I'm like, it's the same stuff that Jimbo and I teach our detailers. Like, here's how you run your detailing business. This is how you make sure you keep clients and keep them coming back to you over and over again. Uh, which brings up yet another way that we've had pastors uh, earning income, which is detailing, which, again, is one of those things you don't have to go to school for it. I mean, Jimbo's story is pretty cool because he when he first got started, he's a he was a church planner back then, or maybe it was right before he started going down that path. I don't remember exactly. But, uh, you know, he did it what I would call the expensive route. He went out and bought a trailer and all this equipment stuff, and he spent five grand his first month. And he made fifty five hundred his first month. Oh wow! And so, you know, month two he's in the black. Well, technically, right. month That's one rad. he's in the black. Month two he's yeah. in the black and has never looked back. And so, one of the things that we teach uh, these detailers is to create. You hear my dog barking? Man, my dogs are barking. You hear my dog barking? <laughs> um. We teach them, you know, you want to create a uh, a continuity of income. You know, a, a paycheck is essentially that for most people. And the reason why most people can't break away from their day job is maybe they get paid every week or every two weeks. They're a teacher once a month, something like that. And um, it's it's a continuity of income. Well, when you go independent, if you will, when you, when you like... I'm self-employed. I've, I've got to create my own income. There's a couple of different ways that you can do it. One is you can set up your your business so that way you're essentially going out there and hunting every day. Like a real estate agent, I would call a, a hunter. They right. have to go out. They got to go get a client. As soon as they get paid on that, that's it. There's no more income coming in. Right. So they got to go out and go get another client. And there's this this you know, perpetual, I got to go get a client. Right. It's, go a, a client. it's a, it's a one-time hit for these guys. And then they're like, refer me to your friends. If they're selling a house, well, how often are your friends selling their house? Right. right. Yeah. That's why so that's, I, a, that's a hard gig, but how often do you need your car detailed or yeah, clean? Well, detailed, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot, a lot more often. And like right. the guy who does the interior repairs. Real, real quick, real quick. Sorry guys. If, if you're not understanding the context for that, you're listening, you're like, what? This isn't a business. Okay. 
bivocationalism. The context of this conversation is Pete and I have helped over the years, and, and more Pete from the business side of things, countless church planners. I've, I mean, how many would you say? Is it just hundreds of church planners, thousands? Like, how many of you, as you interact with most of, most of them? A lot, I no right? Idea. I mean, just a ton of church planners over the past six years. At a certain point, Pete was like, look, I'm tired of seeing these guys poor. And Jimbo was one of our church planners come out of Refuge Long Beach, and he was an auto detailer. So the context of this is, you know, seeing a guy who found, because we're always looking for what is that perfect niche for a church planner that's not not going to take tons of time. And that's what, that's what Pete's kind of getting at. You're going to spend tons of time as a real <coughs> estate agent, you know, hunting down new leads all the time. Whereas what we're looking for is something that, it's predictable. It's manageable. It's not going to add tons of stress to your life. So that's the context. Sorry, I yeah. just wanted to. Yeah, no, I think that's you and I, we assume that all the new listeners. Know no, the that's that's appropriate. So that way they'll understand. You know what exactly is the point? Because here's the thing, man. When you're church planning specifically, um, let's say you happen to have a uh, a sponsor, if you will, a denomination ascending church and they're still providing you financial support they're usually usually not providing enough to cover all of your bills right you know if you're lucky enough to get any support it's not going to be nearly enough and and i think too one of the problems that that we're we're seeing rear its ugly head in the church is we've turned the church into this is this is how I make my income. I'm a pastor. So what happens when life blows up and then all of a sudden, you know, the church blows up, what do you do? I mean, you're, you're totally out. And that kind of leads down a whole nother path that you can kind of, you know, look at and discuss of, you know, really, is this what, what God intended for the church to look like? And, and I think we're seeing so many churches blow up because this model is not the right model. And, mm. and I, I think it's fair, you know, like Paul said, like we've said on the podcast, I think it's fair, totally fair, that our pastors are paid by the church. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. But we've turned it into, no, this is the gig, right? Mm. And, and, you know, I can't go over here to this area because there's no church over there that's willing to hire me. Right. So, you know, I'm putting my resume out on the sites and, you know, God's going to send me to the place that's got the right paycheck for me. And I, right. and I know that's not what most guys are doing, but I'm just I'm, I'm just pointing that out. So there's a ton of freedom that happens when it's like, OK, my income does not come from the church. Like I remember hearing uh, Rick Warren say that after his you know book took off and he ended up paying back all 24 years or whatever it was of, of uh, salary that the church paid him. He's like, man, I'm not involved in any of the church politics because I don't get a paycheck from them. I don't even care. You know, it's like right. there's a freedom that comes from that. But like, <clears throat> but that's another great example of what I what I would call that residual income. So in the church, what we see a lot of is, well, I got to become an author and then I can have residual income. And that is a great platform for residual income. Not so much when, you know, you're a small author or, um, you know, you go through a traditional publisher, you know, you got to become like a Francis Chan where, you know, hey, every quarter I got this quarterly royalty check coming in. Right. You know, it kind of doesn't matter because I can live Which off of that. Which doesn't really happen unless you hit the bestseller or your book does particularly good. Yeah. I mean, it's it. But it is that idea, the concept of yeah. doing work one time and getting paid for it for a long time. Yeah. Or, or even, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go here just to say I, I like the model, though I don't like the industries, and that would be the network marketing or multi-level right. uh, companies. The model right. is brilliant, right? You know, it's not reliant on you being the only one going out there and hunting for business. You know, supposedly you got this whole downline, and there's always going to be someone out there working, and someone's you know doing something, and you're getting a little piece of it. And that's the way basically companies are run. They just don't call them multi-level and they usually don't let you on the bottom hire anyone. But, you know, the CEO 
is making his, his income because there's other people out there selling. And, and so my, my point in all of this and just kind of bringing this whole thing up is I think one of the things that could benefit a lot of church planners, a lot of pastors, a lot of people in ministry, missionaries, is to have that mindset of, I have to have another way, <coughs> excuse me, to create the income that my family needs. And I need to do it in such a manner that it, one, doesn't eat up all of my time, uh, and two, has some sort of residual side to it. Meaning, uh, one of the reasons why in the the Bible Winter Circle that you and I kicked off a couple of years ago, um, you know, I had a, a Facebook training in it because when you go out there and, and you help businesses get clients on Facebook, you set them up as reoccurring clients. You know, maybe you're charging five hundred dollars a month, a thousand dollars a month, whatever it is, to do what you do on Facebook to basically do all the advertising. Well, if you have them sign a six-month or a year-long agreement and you're charging them $1,000 a month, great. Go out there and get uh, you know five to ten of those. So you got right. ten of them paying you $1,000 a month. You know you got that money coming in every month. And it doesn't eat up all of your time. Uh, I mean, doing Facebook, basically, you know, once you've got the campaign set up, you're just monitoring it and making minor adjustments. So we're talking you know, a couple of hours a week. Uh, to do that, and you're delivering tremendous value to the business because they don't know how to do that stuff, and they need someone to do it. They need to to outsource it. And uh, but you know, interestingly enough, the biggest problem that our pastors had in implementing any of that stuff is uh, what I would refer to as the inner game. They just it's really hard for them, one, to get their mind around the whole idea of I'm an entrepreneur now or a business owner or whatever because they're so used to the employee mindset of trading hours for dollars. And instead, when you go over to like what I do a lot of, which is the consulting side, uh, Facebook ad consultant, business growth consultant, now you're trading knowledge for dollars. And there's a huge difference between hours for dollars and knowledge for dollars. And I mean, I don't really work that much personally. I, I don't do a lot. And that's not like making stuff up. I don't do a lot. And yet I've got, you know, a mid six figure income and it's not a bad place to be at. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. from a, from a, a positioning standpoint, it's I don't like, know, Pete. I don't know if many of our listeners would be interested in that sort of thing. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Money's you know. double, Bobby Boucher. But, <laughs> but the reality is, is there there's this there's this transformation that has to take place in your own mind mm -hmm. because the biggest problem that most of these guys have is they they don't see themselves as as being able to do that. They you know they're they're thinking back. Hey, last week I was working it in and out. You know, I was making 12 bucks an hour and now all of a sudden I'm telling this guy, you know, hey, it's a thousand dollars a month and I can do this for you. And so there's this huge like mental thing that you you got to to push through in order to make that. And and then once they do like the success of it, they start to go, oh, man, I can do this. It is valuable to my clients. They're loving what I'm doing for them. I'm going to go get another client and then another client and then another, but it's that it's like that first few ones that they got to do. That's on the consulting side. I think on the detailing side, it can be a lot easier and maybe that's just my viewpoint of it. Cause you know, the joke between me and Jimbo and our detailers is, you know, you got competition everywhere. Cause basically anybody with a bucket of sponge and a Q-tip is, Hey, I'm a detailer. <laughs> but what's amazing to me is even in the detailing world, we got guys who who join our inner circle and they're like, yeah, man, you know, I've basically just been doing my own car and my friend's cars and I'm really afraid to charge a hundred bucks. And I'm like, man, yeah. dude, this problem is everywhere. Like right. everyone's got to kind of, you know, jump through this to, to get their mind around the concept. But once you get your mind around that, I think it can really change things up for you as a pastor, as a church planner, as right. a missionary. Um, 
And I think it is just a matter of finding what's the right niche for you. What's the right industry for you that's going to allow you to do that? Because I don't think just anybody could be a business growth consultant. I don't think anybody can be uh, a Facebook um, ad consultant. I don't think anybody, just anybody could do like car detailing. Like for me, if I had to detail a car, like I know I could make 10 grand within 30 days detailing cars. And I would probably own all this area because no one around here knows how to market. The problem is I'm a redhead. Therefore I hate the sun. Right. And as Jimbo will tell you freaking detailing. I mean, it takes its toll on your body. That's a yeah. very physically intensive business. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's going to hurt your joints. Yeah. You know, particularly your knees. Um, I, I, we had a guy at refuge Long Beach, you know, Tim, we yeah. call him the old salty dog. Tim's back, neck and knees were messed up cause he laid floor all his life. Oh. He was a flooring guy. He did tile and flooring and he was a wreck by the time we met him. You know, now he did experience a healing. I don't know if you know oh, that. He really? <laughs> yeah. He had some supernatural healing. So that was cool. But, uh, and I'll never forget the day it happened. Long story, but, uh, he got a, he got a supernatural healing. And, um, but he was a wreck when we first met him. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think it's, so, I mean, you got to kind of look at all that stuff and it, and it could be that there's some things that you just do in the short term, you know, Hey, I need to, to go out here and do this, uh, to establish some money to, to get some regular income. And then I can start thinking about doing other stuff. Great example. I'm not yeah. going to say the person's name. Uh, but he was in, or and still is in my uh, platinum Bivo Inner Circle. So the platinum is uh, it's not a, a cheap training at all. It's basically sixty five hundred dollars, and I teach people how to be a business growth consultant. He was so behind the eight ball that it affected him mentally to the point where it's like you just don't, you have no belief in yourself, right? You right. do not believe that you can, you know, get what you're actually worth. Right. It, you, it is gone completely because you were so like, you know, losing your house, uh, barely able to to put foot on the table for your family. You're, you know, this, right. You're skinny as a rail because it's the missionary diet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're literally, you just don't have the money to eat. And so the belief wasn't there. Well, this guy had to go get a job. He gets a job and now he's literally like killing it at his job. He's, uh, I believe he's in the six figure range at this point. That's rad. And so he calls me up and he's like, you know, now I actually, and he'd been doing it for about a year. And he's like, now I've got the mindset and I'm ready to go on and do some of right. these other things that, that we right. talked about. But it's just, sometimes you got to get through that phase. Of, I totally of agree, man. I think, I think that, This is true in so many areas of life. Like, for example, um, you have to tell yourself things like um, you have to tell yourself, like, for example, if you want to if you want to diet or fast or whatever, you have to like if you want to lose weight, you have to start off changing your mindset. Mm. Like, there's no way you're just going to like, oh, I'm just going to eat better just by sure will yep. discipline. You have to start with saying, I am not the person that allows my appetite. And this isn't positive thinking. You know, everybody gets all weird about it, but you have to start off telling yourself, I don't want to be this person anymore. I want to be the person who is trim, who values himself enough. Like, um, I, I care about my body. I'm the guy that's going to play with my kids. Like you have to start with this is this is who I not who I am today, but who I want to be. And I need to start telling myself a different message than I've told myself because you've been telling yourself a message like, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. I'm the guy that overeats at the table or I'm the guy that, you know, doesn't really pay. Instead, you have to start saying, I'm a person who values my soul and my body. Like if you want to start fasting. So when other people eat, I'm the guy who fasts, you know, I'm the guy who doesn't need to eat all the time or whatever. Like that's the only way that you're going to get there. It has to start with, it has to go deeper than just, I don't, I want to lose weight. Same with, um, you know, if I'm going to be a, uh, you know, like you said, like, uh, like I would say for me, when I stepped away from Nam, 
Um, I was negotiating contracts. I was negotiating my contracts very low. Um, I had some mm. side contracts. Yeah. Um, I had to step back and say, I have a family I, and my family's worth it. Like my family's worth my time for me to pour. So it, it didn't start with me valuing myself. It started with me valuing my family first. Mm. Then it went to, and I know what my time is valuable to me. My time is worth a lot to me. So I'm going to put a price on what I think my time is worth, not what other people think my time is worth. And they can either walk away from that or they can say, you know what, actually, because here's, here's the saying, you've heard this maxim, if you don't value yourself, nobody else will either, right? It starts with the value you place on your own time. And in going to Paul, I can't imagine Paul with the value he placed on mission looking at the support he knew that he was going to work with his hands to provide for the mission. I can't see Paul putting mission at a low price point. That's yeah. what you're doing. I can, I can picture Paul because we know he, he not only trained his dudes, sometimes he was carrying those other dudes. He's with Priscilla and Aquila who are making bank, but not to get rich. I mean, Paul says, be careful that your desire is not to get rich in this present evil age. Like he was like, that's not my motivation. My motivation is to take care of me, to take care of those that are serving with me and to propel mission. And that is valuable. So it starts with saying, you know, like I can't picture Paul going, oh, well, you know, the going rate for, you know, making tents is this, but I'm a minister. He, 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 you know, I'll give it to you for half the price of normal. I picture Paul being shrewd, as shrewd in business as he was in mission, strategic and saying, I, you know, <laughs> the worker's worth his wage. I mean, that's that was Paul's, right. you know, you're, you're worthy. And he actually applies that to the minister and says, hey, for the work you're doing, you should be counted double honor. And some people say that Paul is actually saying that you should be paid for the work you do with your hands and. Because the average guy he was serving with worked with their hands. And you should be paid for what you do for the word. Other people say double honor. Like we don't know because he doesn't use double wage. He uses double honor. And that question is, is it double honor in the sense that you're going to pay me and give me respect because I'm doing, you know, because of the work. We don't know. But Paul gives you the value system that this is worthy of double honor. And so I think Paul knew how to. I mean, that guy, he would wear us all out. He worked his tail off. Right. And yet, I, I just think he, you know, he, 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 I can't picture Paul knowing what was at stake, knowing he was funding mission with his own two hands, putting that at a low price point. I just can't picture that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been guilty of that over the years. I mean, you and I had all well, those I think everybody does because, well, I shouldn't say everybody. <clears throat> I would say a lot of the people in our uh, social and em- economic uh, position in life, do that, and and part of that is because I'll, I'll give you a great example. In my family, growing up, I mean, we my mom was kind of an entrepreneur. She sold Avon. She sold Avon my whole life, and that's what allowed me to go to private school because my dad was a pastor, and you know, many times the church couldn't afford to pay him. It was not like a pastor of a big church. It was, you know, it was fifty to one hundred and fifty on like a huge week type of church. And, uh, and we were always looking for the deal. Like, what's the deal? What, you know, we, my parents to this day, my wife and I joke about this, like their favorite store is Costco, <laughs> right? That's where they shop. <laughs> if they get us something for Christmas that we don't like, Hey, we can go return it to Costco. Cause I bet that's you anything rad. that's where they bought it from. And, um, because they're always looking for, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, get the deal. I gotta save the money, whatever. And so then that translates into when we're doing service for people, oh, well, I should be offering them a deal. And we do totally devalue our time. And that's the way I was when I first started one of my first businesses, I created a, a a website where actors uh, could put their headshots and resumes and it would be, you know, this is back when the internet was first getting started. And this was, you know, going to be a resource for That's filmmakers cool. to be able to, you know, go find their next actor. And I was like, okay, you know, <clears throat> what do I charge for this? And, <clears throat> you know, how much time is it going to take me to scan something in? And, you know, I, I got to like make this cheap. And so, and I did, you know, I, I made everything cheap and 
it ultimately didn't work because I wasn't charging enough. Right. Like you got to charge enough to be able to actually live. Right. Um, one of our guys, a David, I remember when he was first getting started in uh, the platinum program and he was a painter and he was like, yeah, this guy wants to, to pay me, I don't know, like 12 bucks an hour to be a painter. He's like, I know what my worth is. My worth is more than that. And, and it took him, you know, basically in going through the platinum stuff where he's like, no, this is, if you're going to pay me to be a painter, this is what you're going to pay me. Right. And, you know, ultimately the guy wasn't going to pay it. It kind of didn't matter. It forced a David to go, I have to find another way to earn income. This is going to kill me painting. It's very labor intensive work. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, he finally did. In fact, I got a great, great voxer from him this week. I'll play it at the end of our, our time here that people got to hear. But, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I guess the reason why I just wanted to bring that up is I want pastors to start thinking differently about income. Right. It's not just about, you know, I got to get the the job at the church because then, man, you become a slave to that church, right? You start playing the politics and, you know, maybe you can't speak out against something because you're afraid you're going to get cut. And, you know, what are you going to do? You got two kids and a wife and, you know, I need that income. And, you know, let's, let's be honest too. The average church job is not actually ministry. I mean, the average church job is, is running an office or, you know, um, it's not even like teaching. I mean, you teach maybe once a week, you run a group, like you could do that as a, a, you could do that. I I say this, I could do that for free. You know, I could have my full-time job and I could run a Bible study. I could lead the college and career. I could lead the college group. I, what do you do the rest of the week? Well, I meet with people. I, I, I disciple them. I wonder if you even do that once a day. What else are you doing? Well, I'm studying. Okay, yeah, you, you got to study. That That's great. You could probably knock that out one night, you know, or o- over your, you know. So so my point is, or get up early in the morning. I mean, Charlie was team teaching with me, planning Refuge Long Beach and running a, a, a freaking engineering plant. You know, I mean, you can do it. It's not hard. But my my point is, most of ministry, like this, this is why I resonate with what you're saying, Pete, because most of what guys do when they come on staff at a church is they become admins yeah, and they become clerks and office workers. That's not really ministry. Whereas if you're bivocational and you're working the hours that you set and you're doing business as mission, um, you're interacting with lost people nonstop. You know, you, you're able to share your faith with people. I, it's just, it's a different animal. I, I think, you know, at Exponential, we talked about this. There was a business guy that was there. And um, he actually wrote a book called uh, Out of the Seats and Into the Streets. And he he basically was a business guy. And he was like, hey, you know, my um, I was a Calvary Chapel pastor. And I went to a Calvary Chapel conference and someone crushed me and said, you're either in or out, man. You're not all in. You're not committed enough. That's why your church isn't growing. And he went home discouraged and he quit ministry. Mm. He became a businessman. But here's the deal. This is what he said. He said, the call of God was still on my life. I mean, it was kind of the, I thought at the time, like I was crushed and destroyed. He goes, it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me because I went into ministry or business, killed it. And expanded my business and just kept doing ministry anyways and leading people to faith and discipling. And he goes, now I fund all this mission, but I'm also on mission. Yeah. So he, he does particularly things in the, in the inner city. And I mean, it was rad listening to him because it, it was just his paradigm shifting. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I also think about some of our, our church planners like Paul Percy, right? Planting in yeah. Stanton, which is a, a, I don't I mean, Think of think of one of the worst communities that's Stanton. <laughs> like, I don't even yep. know how to say it other than yeah. that. Stanton's the place you drive through quickly, the windows <laughs> up and the doors locked, right? Right. And right. that's where he's church plan. And I remember uh hearing that he had moved jobs and he was working at a like a Loves smart it. and final grocery store. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what, you know, when did you quit working? I think he was working at a Christian school before that. And he's like, yeah, yeah but I wasn't reaching anyone in Stanton. 
And so I took a job. Now he's well known and he's known as produce Paul in the smart and final, um, in Stanton. He's becoming a fixture. People are like, (laughs) they like give him presents and stuff. Like everybody loves him because here he's his pastor. He has people ask him to pray for him. Like in produce people that aren't, aren't Christians, aren't following Jesus. And he's like, man, I love this. I can't believe. And, and I hear this story all the time. I, there's another pastor. He was the pastor at EV free of Huntington beach. One of my supporting churches. He's now working at target in Huntington beach. He's leading all these young people on stage. Cause you know, target consistently hires young people because I'm leading all these young people to faith. And I used to scratch my head at the church wondering, how do I reach young people? Right. He's like, I go work alongside him. I lead him to Jesus. He's like, this is, why didn't I do it? Why didn't nobody tell me about this years ago? Yeah. And so it doesn't even have to be that you're self-employed, right? Because those those guys aren't self-employed. Working at Target, yeah. working at uh, Smart and Final, Produce Paul. I love that, right? I mean, but it's that willingness to go, okay, I got to find something different. You know, I got to find a way to, to feed my family, but I want to reach the community. Right. And, and it's going to be different for everybody. You know, not everyone can do what I do. Not everyone can, like, I couldn't do produce Paul because I hate pretty much every vegetable <laughs> there is. And people, let's be honest. Yeah, I'd be like, squash? Why do you want to buy squash? No one ever said eat your yellows. No one, never. That's right. Why are you eating squash, you <laughs> freak? Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be good at that. But, uh, but that's okay because he is good at it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is about playing to your strengths, man. I talk about that all the time in training because everyone's like, you know, h- how do I get clients for whatever business they're in? If they're self-employed, how do I get clients? Mm. And everyone's looking for the magic bullet. You know, what's the one thing? If I did this, I get the world of clients. Everyone wants the magic bullet. Reality is there isn't a magic bullet. Right. Uh, you know, I knew this one chiropractor. I knew of this one chiropractor, I should say who said, uh, you know, every month I bring in 72 new clients. And after about, uh, you know, six months to a year, he'd turn around and he'd sell that practice and he'd go to another area and start another chiropractic practice. And that's just what he did because he can make more money selling the practice than actually doing the work. And so someone came to him and said, well, you know, what, what strategy do I need to do to get 72 new clients a month? He goes, look, I don't know of a single strategy that's going to bring you 72 new clients a month. I know of 72 strategies that'll bring you one client a month. Mm. And that's the reality is you, you got to do a lot of little things in order to get what you're, you're trying to, to, to get to. So I tell people, I go, you got to play to your strengths. Like right. for me, I don't like video personally. I like podcasting. One of the reasons why we do the podcast, I prefer that. I personally love public speaking. I do events all the time. I hate cold calling. I won't do those. So if I was at a business where everyone uh, said the yeah. only way to make it is you got a cold call, I'd be like, forget it. You know, what time do I start work at the drive through at McDonald's? Because I'm not going to do right. it. Like, that's right. just not how I'm worried. So you got to play to your strengths. What are your strengths? And play that's to a, those. That's a really good word, brother. That's a really good word. Um, and I and I think that that's what I love about when you're doing Bible Enter you were interviewing people on the front end and in some yeah. ways protecting some like, Hey, I don't think this is for you. I you told know? many people that I think you told over half of them. that. I don't know if, if it was if over them. half. Cause I, I'm, I, I do believe that people can rise to the occasion. Yeah. But I tell them, look, this is my opinion. But if you say, no, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it anyway. I'll yeah, let you, you do it because I'm yeah. going to let you take the shot. I'm not going to be the guy that holds you back. But well, I'm going to tell it's you. It's funny you say that because I feel that about church planning as well. Highly controversial. My approach to church yeah. planning is I've got to warn you. This could really hurt you. It could really hurt your family if it goes wrong. But you have to know that. If this fails, are you equipped to deal with the failure? Um, because, you know, o- over the years I've gotten flack for that. I've had people from other networks say, yeah, you know, we would have never let him go. And I'm like, you know what? Like, you know, and these, these are people that I disciple, but people from other network knew them. And, um, you know, but the reality is at a certain point, you, you're not the expert. You don't know. We talked about this with assessment, um, that you've got to let people go for it and fail. And sometimes they realize why, like if you tell them, no, you're not going to make it. And here's why 
that's different than a guy who actually goes off on his own, tries it, and you tell him, hey, I think you get, but like you said, hey, I don't think you're ready. I don't think you got what you need, but I'm not going to stand in front of you and tell you no. You know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you what I think, but ultimately, like as long as you don't hurt other people and you don't let your family get hurt and you're ready for that possibility and are equipped for that, I think you're free to go. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. Unless there's like something that's, you know, your character isn't right, you're, you know, you're putting yourself in jeopardy and your family or, you know, all those things. So yeah. But hey, we're out of time. So, Pete, is there any uh, anywhere that people can get in touch with you to, um, you know, if they want to kind of say, hey, Pete, I'm, I want to talk more about this. You know, I actually just put up a new webinar at uh, BivoWebinar.com. So that would be your first step. Go check out BivoWebinar.com. And, uh, and then if it makes sense for us to talk, we'll talk after that. All right. Well, guys, um, it, you know, thanks for listening today. If you are uh, spending all this time doing all this Bible ministry, who's going to take care of your church finances and bookkeeping and IRS compliance you need, Pete? Well, you know, because you're not going to have time running your own business, uh, taking care of the church, you're going to need to go a little little company called SimplifyChurch.com. SimplifyChurch.com. By the way, I love the mood lighting that you put on. It's kind of like there's like a, there's kind of like there's let me a do candle. it. Let me do it like uh, Barry White. Yo, right on. SimplifyChurch.com. Peyton's, Peyton's light went out in his office because it's motion sensitive, and so he turned on some little light like right behind the podcast microphone, so it just barely lights up his eyes. <laughs> And then you see the mic, and it's like... It looks kind of creepy, doesn't it? It looks like... Um, it kind of looks like a, a romantic... Uh, this is this is Peyton Jones at or, midnight. Talking or to you on the Bohemian radio. Rhapsody. I don't know. I never saw it. Or, yeah. Bohemian know. Simplify. You know, like, uh, I'm just a poor church planter. Nobody ties to me. He's just a church planter from a poor family. I need Bible Inner Circle right now, please. Pete Mitchell, Pete Mitchell. Pete Mitchell, sign me up. That sign was special. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Denomination, denomination won't let me go. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where you need to go. Simplifychurch.com. And uh, if you want to know uh, about the Platinum Bivo Inner Circle program that I got, go on over to BivoWebinar.com. And you totally hijacked Simplified Church's thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And don't forget Club Ninja, patreon.com forward slash Club Ninja. Because you know, I'm going to piggyback on your piggyback. There you go. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us today for the Church Planner Podcast. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the one nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Okay, so Pete, thank you uh, for your comments about the um, a la carte. I did not present it, but I did mention it um, at the meeting. Met with the board of directors. Um, it was a tough crowd. It was a tough crowd. Uh, banker, financial consultant, uh, analytical people, thinkers. Uh, but I got it! 5 more minutes but you can hear his excitement man he for those of you who didn't understand what he was saying he this is a david a black man in like the heart of the south going to a golf course and we used to joke with him we're like look man you just need to go in there wearing a maga hat man and, and you'll fit in <laughs> nicely with with this board and so he goes to this golf course and uh he ends up closing that deal a uh, two-year commitment, $2,500 a month retainer, plus he gets 10% of all the growth that he helps them create above what they're currently doing. So uh, that was him being being really excited. 
BibleWebinar.com. I am so happy. Yeah. I did not hear that. That's so rad. And I'll, I'll tell you, that guy, years ago, man, he would not have, he wouldn't have had the guts to walk in there and do that. That's no, it took, it took, it took a while to get him to that point. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, no, he's, he's, he's really excited and I'm really excited for him. So. That's cool. Well, guys, thanks again for joining us. A little bit of a false ending there, but uh, this is the real ending. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music